Welcome to the Death Taco Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and today I'm joined by Nick. And today we're here to discuss the 2007 American horror film Disturbia, directed by DJ Caruso. So this was your pick. This is one of the few times when I've allowed my guests to kind of dictate the movie we do. Oh, I'm getting that much agency? Pretty much, bro. I've never had anybody, like, just say, let's do this movie. Okay. I should have had, I should have picked a better horror movie then, because I feel like I didn't really pick a horror movie. I just picked, like, a fun movie that I really remembered enjoying, and I hadn't seen it in a while either. And Well, no, you picked it for a good reason, because, I mean, you said we saw this at the movies together, right? Yeah, we did. And I do not remember. Like, I remember the movie, but I don't remember the viewing experience. The only reason I remember that we saw it together, well, I don't even know if you were necessarily there, but your sister, Tiffany, was there. And the first opening scene, like, it's like, starts off, and, like, they're in this, like, huge, like, expanse, like, fly fishing, like, out in the middle of, like, fucking nowhere. And she's like, white people. It's, like, the first thing she said. She's complaining. She's like, who would do this? Wow. That that's on brand at least, <laughs> but that like stuck with me for some reason. That's just like in my mental for forever. Is that anytime <laughs> I see this movie, I remember your sister just complaining about white people as soon as they started fishing. Well, I mean, how accurate is that though? <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be me out there. No, nah, dude, they were in the middle of nowhere. There wasn't a car within like a couple miles of you. It looked like like if they just hiked this fucking river. Yeah, either they like just like you know walked down the river and they're in their fishing pants or I don't know how they got there. Like it, they definitely like didn't take like a ATV or anything. Like they just hiked at least 500, 600 yards to get there at the very least. And that's if there was a parking lot just off screen. I don't know, man, we're jumping too much into it at this <laughs> second though. So this movie, I don't have strong memories of it. Like I remember it being, I don't know what I remember about it, but I just remember I just call it that one movie that Shia LaBeouf did before Transformers. That's kind of incorrect. So Shia LaBeouf, like, at this point was just, like, kind of rolling off of a lot of success. Like, he did... So he had just done Transformers? No, he had just done Holes. Yeah. So Holes kind of made him an even bigger child star than he already was because he was on Even Stevens. And then he gets Transformers, and he gets movies like Eagle Eye. Well, but so I got up his uh, thing right now, his uh, Wikipedia page. So before he did this, this is when he had started transitioning, because after Holes, he had, like, small, like, guest appearances in, like, iRobot and in Constantine, and that's before he did this, and then he did this one to follow those up. Yeah, so I guess we don't really think about Shia like this, but, like... He kind of had, like, a movie star track. Like, he was on blockbuster movies like iRobot. He did Holes, which probably made a whole bunch of money. And then he was in this, which is one of those movies that was kind of like when you were a kid, like, the movie you wanted to see. And you knew it was coming out in, like, the next three weeks. And this is very close to a blockbuster, as close as a horror movie is to a blockbuster as there is, really. But it really is kind of sad because, like, the movies like this aren't really necessarily the true horror movies, that the ones that get to that blockbuster status. No, like, um, I want to look up to see, like, what other horror movies came out, like, at this time. Because, like, I want to see what to compare. Because 2007, there was already some horror films out, I feel. There had to have been some other ones, but I don't know what... 
this was kind of in like a dead time of horror where we're in between like the paranormal stuff and the success of the slasher movies from the years before. So like in a lot of ways, this was like, at least in the blockbuster sense, like this wasn't like a time where horror was dominating the film, right? No, like, so the con- it's contemporaries at this time are movies like The Mist, uh, Dead Silence, the Rob Zombie Halloween movie came out, Vacancy, stuff like that. So this is, I consider, like, a pre-Insidious, a pre-James, like, Wands, like, real thing. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like those movies have definitely taken precedent over what comes out now, like, the whole Conjuring universe and shit. Like, that's its whole, that's, like, changed what horror is a lot, I feel. Yeah, especially in regards to, like, the big-budget horror movies that are, like, pulling A-list stars and talent to be in there. Yeah, so, like, I feel like pre-Paranormal Activity, pre-Insidious, that's, like, its whole own thing. Like, these were kind of, like, the, I would almost call them, like, B-movies now. That's what they feel like to me. B-movies? Yeah, like, maybe not in terms of their reception, but just in terms of their quality. Yes, definitely. Like... I know what you mean. Like, yeah. um, Dead Silence is a perfect, like, or I did this movie, Stay Alive. Like, you know, it's just a lot of, it's very campy. Very campy, lots of cutaway. They don't show a lot of violence. It's made for a, l- a larger audience and tr- definitely, like, made with the intention of trying to be something that makes more money instead of being, like, a horror art film. Right. Like, it feels very much so like a time capsule, like a commentary on the culture at the time. Definitely. And I really liked that this movie was not like the reason I said this was a fun movie is that the first maybe even like 45 minutes to an hour of this movie aren't a horror movie. It's a straight teen drama, Mm -hmm. teen dramedy. It's very angsty. The music really puts you in like the early to early to mid 2000s kind of feel like he's listening to Afro Man's because I got high. Like those kind of movies or songs are just like songs that stick with you from that era. The what is the name of the song that closes the movie? It's the um, Kings of Leon song. It's like, mm hmm. All right. I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of it. It's in like a thousand different movies. It's just like so like indicative of this time period. This movie captures a lot of it. The flip phones, you get the early email, all the little gadgets they have. It really kind of puts you in an era. And it's pre-smartphone. Pre-smartphone, yes. So there's no like... There's no... Internet's not huge at this point. Because they don't really reference the internet a lot in this. There's there's no reference to like a Wi-Fi, but they are on the internet quite a bit. But like the funny thing is like they have all this equipment and it kind of is like funny because they have all this equipment just and to it like, does magical shit. But the magical shit is just them like taking pictures of someone live, like somewhere else, and then sending it to someone like in real time. When really like with my phone I could just like Skype somebody and it'd be the exact same thing. Bro, they do this trope in this movie that's my favorite thing with uh a video camera where he like enhances an image to oh, like <laughs> to like an obnoxious extent where he's like enhance but then it's like all grainy but then it clears up enhance my my girl works in like video editing and photo editing and she's the designer and she's just like hates hates when that happens in any movie because the like, enhance because <laughs> people like will like send her a file is like you know like half the size of what it should be and she's trying to make it fit on this poster and it's grainy and like well can you enhance it 
She's like, I can't enhance the photo that you sent me. Like, this is what I got. Like, you gotta like resend the image. It's like a big boy <laughs> image. I'm sorry. It has to be something different. Like, you can't just enhance this. It's like the CIA is not real life. We should probably surmise the movie slightly. Okay, real simple. Kid, angsty, put on house arrest. When he's on house arrest, he gets really bored. Obviously, he starts looking out and spying on all his neighbors with binoculars. This really beautiful teenage girl news in next door and he's like very intrigued by her but then there's also this like in the background on the news every night like someone's there's a serial killer on the loose he starts to suspect his neighbor not the girl a different one an old man and things go awry correct amendo sir no thank you um so what you just described sounds like the plot of this one movie uh, from back in the day called Don't Look, I think, or Don't Look Now. Oh, really? With uh, Donald Sutherland. I don't know who that is. Um, have you seen? He's one of them guys. If you saw his face, you know who the fuck he is. I know. I feel like a lot of those old actors, I, I hear that name. Like I'm. He's like in every like movie is the old man. He's uh, you seen the Hunger Games? Ooh, I know this man. President Snow. Yeah. And um, fucking, so he's in this old movie called Don't Look Now, and it's about him kind of dealing with the loss of his daughter, who always wore, like, a raincoat. Uh-huh. And so throughout the movie, he's, like, he thinks he's, like, seeing her ghost. And um, he keeps seeing, like, somebody in a raincoat, like a small child in a yellow rain jacket. And he's kind of just going, I've never seen this movie, but I've read about it. And um, he kind of keeps, like, trying to follow this, what he thinks is a spirit. And in the background of the movie, the entire time, they're talking about, oh, there's a, a serial killer on the loose. And at the climax of the movie, he corners the what he thinks is his daughter in a raincoat in, like, a abandoned place or some shit. And what it ends up being is the serial killer is a dwarf that wears a fucking yellow raincoat. What? And, like, it's got she looks like a fucking witch. Big-ass pointy nose long red curly hair and it's one of the scariest fucking things i've ever seen in my goddamn life <laughs> i saw this movie on like one of those top 100 scariest movie moments lists when i was like 12 and ever since i was little bro that scene just fucking you just can't do it no i refuse to watch the movie i want to see what this lady looks like i'll look it up later yeah yeah but no that's what that's very reminiscent of uh but yeah that's mostly disturbing oh and also what do you think the name of the movie means um, I think it's a combination of like, because I think a big theme of this movie is, which is kind of like ham-fisted in a way they always talk about like suburban, like suburbia Yep. as just like a whole and like what it means for like families to move out there. It's kind of, and they're like kind of saying it's them like giving up on just like having fun in the city. It's just them trying to go out there and have their little plot of land and be out there. Kind of like the show Weeds. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that show? Like the intro. I know song? what it is, but I never seen. It's it. like the little houses on the hilltop. Little houses made of ticky tacky, and they're all the same. Like it's just like talking about like suburbia as like a weird like American like cultural yeah, yeah. phenomenon, and that just combined with disturbed, right? Okay, now follow up question: Did you realize that when you were younger and you saw this? Not at all. Right, that's what I was telling uh, my girl. I was like, as I was watching it, I was like, disturbia, suburbia. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, got it. Clicked easily now. Now it makes sense. But at the time, bro, I didn't know what the fuck it meant. I just thought it was a cool name. It is a cool name. It really is. We've inspired a whole song by Rihanna. Or Rihanna inspired this. We don't know yet. Either way. 
But guys, so we're going to go ahead and get into spoiler territory. If you have not seen Disturbia, I recommend you guys going to check it out. But let's go ahead and mess up Disturbia, man. Okay, I really, really want to talk about... So I guess we'll get, put this in the context of like things that like... You know when you see a movie, sometimes the first time you see a movie, like you have to like... Is the only time really this like has a full effect on you, like a, like a certain moment in the movie? Yeah. So... I remember this movie pretty well because I'd seen it a lot, but my girl didn't hadn't seen it. She didn't know what happened. And like the whole first two minutes, it's like kind of like slow, corny. It's him with his dad, and they get in a car crash, and the dad dies like out of nowhere. And so like I like knew it was coming, and so it didn't have the same effect. But like watching her and like, watching, there's an initial car crash, and then the second car hits him, and she was just like because she was just like so like out of the movie during the corniness and then as soon as that happened she was like all the way in just like freaked out like okay like this is out of nowhere and you know for like how like pg-13 this movie feels and i would almost say pg mm -hmm. fucking that car scene was brutal it was <laughs> like it came way out of left field it was really cool how they did it too because some car scenes like they don't do right but this was like the camo's behind them you see the car swerve in front of them and then swerve out and then you see the parked car that they end up hitting. Mm -hmm. And then also, on the second The crash, second crash. They could have easily cut away. But they didn't at all. Like, because, you know, when he's looking at his dad and you see the car coming, it could have easily blinked and we would have got the picture. But, like you said, it didn't. It didn't. It just, like, turned and you saw exactly what was going to happen. You saw the impact of the car only on the dad's side. And you knew there's no way he's surviving that. And then you see Shia LaBeouf crawl out of the fucking car, limp around to look down, and you just see the camera on his face as he sees his dad's dead body. I really liked that scene. Like, it was just, like, out of the blue, awesome. But, like, just knowing that that happened, I just kind of, like, wish, like, I could erase my mind, like, from some movies, you know, and then see, like, some moments like that for the first time and be like, oh, okay, that was... They, like, tricked me. They, like, completely, like, fooled me. I thought it was going to be a happy-go-lucky start. I didn't know that the dad was not going to be a character for the movie, you know, like... I knew that something had happened with his dad, but I would forgotten that's what had happened. So, it was a pretty fresh reaction from me, and I was also very much like, oh, this was brutal. <laughs> it was very brutal. Um, I feel like it set a tone that, in terms of, like, what the actual violence and stuff for a horror movie, it couldn't fucking match. In terms of what happens later on. And it's a it's not a really like gory movie, but like the implied violence is like pretty like it's just like it's done in a way where the rest of the movie's so like on like a different spectrum. So like all the teenage stuff and like the drama and stuff like that like doesn't really matter. Like it's just like a very like it shows a lot of that in the movie that's like a big part of the plot. Yeah. And so when then the horror things happen it is magnified because there's such a difference between the level that the horror scenes are on and the level of what is going on the rest of the movie, which is the takes like it. Like I said, it's like the first 45 minutes to an hour, pretty much a teen movie. I want to be really general about this. Uh -huh. Um, I didn't like it. You didn't like it now in what, in what ways? So pretty much what you're saying is uh -huh. exactly what i feel about it the first um 45 minutes to an hour is a perfect fucking movie in my opinion 
I loved it. The whole part where he's kind of chilling, where he's like uh, creeping on the neighbors, his relationship with the girl, with uh-huh. uh, his friend, his whole trying to figure out shit. All right, that was all fun. But as soon as they like really delve into the serial killer plot, it was dumb to me. It was dumb? Yeah, I just, I just didn't believe it. A lot of it didn't really make sense at all. Because like something wrong about this movie is this guy is like, very clearly like creepy and like weird and like you think he's the killer but like he has no plot or backstory whatsoever and like you really don't understand a how he has enough money to live in this beautiful big house or b like like how like i just how does he fly under the radar with with like crazy numbers on the serial killer side yeah and i say that it's dumb and the reason why is pretty much also what you just said is that the you know, the villain is the most generic villain humanly possible. With no backstory, we never get a grasp of motivation. There's not a whole lot of... We don't understand. I mean, we know he kills people, but we don't know why he kills people. We don't know anything about him. They literally just plucked him out. He might as well have been a Scooby-Doo fucking villain. I think part of it, though, is that, like, he really did want to just live peacefully in the house and be able to go and get his kills. And come back and just be fine. So I think that the whole plot with them is started because of Shia LaBeouf's character. And so, like, it just gets to the point where he has to, like, erase them in a way. So he's more just, like, a survivalist killer in this regard. He's a serial killer. But when he knows that, like, the jig is up and if these kids, like, find out what he's doing, like, he's going to have to kill them. Like, that's just, like, kind of, like, so I guess I didn't really need the motive on that side of it. Because at least with the kids, I know why he's, like, going hard at them, like, and trying to kill the mom and everything. Because he has to kind of erase and set up a scenario where he's not going to go to jail because of his fucking crypts he has under his whole, like, his underhouse. Like, the whole, like, cave area just full of dead bodies is a lot. It's very incriminating. Well, I mean, it's not just a house, bro. It's a fucking haunted house. He's got his goddamn torture room, his autopsy room. <laughs> He's got his crypts under his house. He's got the fucking, like, under the floorboards is, like, a little mini pond full of dead bodies. That was weird. Like, why? Like he has, like, some... He like, had a fucking labyrinth in his goddamn basement. He had some bodies just, like, vacuum sealed up, like, all nice and tucked away perfectly. And some bodies he just had... Floating in a weird little Bro, ravine. That in his entire basement. fucking neighborhood would smell like fucking death. <laughs> that many dead bodies. He's he's preserving them. He, that's why he has a lot the autopsy room. Oh my god. It's just it was just silly. Like like you said, the whole first part I really enjoyed. That shit was cool to me. I think that this movie there's two big problems that I have with this movie. And I just said one of them is the lack of depth in terms of the killer. Uh-huh. That and I didn't really like the casting choice for him. I felt like that guy didn't fit the part. I like that dude. I thought he was like intimidating and like not just like uh like he didn't really look creepy or anything, but like there's this scene where he first goes into the kitchen like to help the mom take groceries in. And when I saw that I was like, This dude is like six five. Like I don't know how tall Shia is, like or how mm-hmm. tall he's supposed to be in the movie. But he like dwarfs him. Like he makes a mom look tiny, he makes Shia look tiny, like he just like gives you that like intimidating presence of like, oh, this man is just very calm, very smart, very reserved, but very powerful. It could probably put anyone down in a second. I got that, too. And I think I know what they were going for. They just wanted him to look like a safe Mr. Rogers type dude, right? Yeah, but with like the with the kind of like crazy in his eyes a little bit, though. 
slightly but i feel like that switch didn't flip right for me like i didn't i just didn't feel it i don't know I, maybe i just went into this thing just too fucking negative <laughs> and uh also the second thing is i feel like it missed a really good opportunity with the story in terms of shia really didn't have any character resolution i think okay so it's it, it is there but it's very 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 like under the skin so like they they're trying to do this though so the resolution is that he is not gonna let his mom die like he let his dad die and by doing that he lets it go the demons of his past it's very (laughs) small stretch dude it is there though like it's just like so like we get the punch on the teacher early in the movie is like oh like your father wouldn't be happy. Like we kind of get like the dads of slowly brought back. And even the killer, when he finally kidnaps shy and is like getting ready, like to put all these like killings on him. He's basically Marty McFly, bro. Being called a chicken. Every time someone brings up his fucking dad. No, but when he was doing that. He was like, you're going to like, you couldn't help. You couldn't handle that. You let your father die. And now you have to kill your mother. And that was like, you saw the cord going to him. And he's like, oh, that's like my resolution. That's what I need to get my demons out. I think that was what it was supposed to be, but it's kind of a stretch though. But bro, it's like he didn't let his dad die and he never realizes that. Like him saving his mom doesn't justify anything. There should have been a realization that it wasn't his fault that his dad died and that was completely out of his control. But that never comes up. He crashed that car. If I did that, <laughs> listen, the guy in front of him, it's completely that fucking prick's fault. Well, actually, he was he riding, riding that dude's ass, ass. Yeah. Like, right on his ass. He could have calmed down. But at the same time, man, like, that's one of them fucking one in a million accidents. Oh, 100%. But, like, you know, like, if you did that, you'd feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> they would haunt you. I mean, yeah, it'd fuck with me, <laughs> but there'd definitely be, it'd take more than just, you know, solving a mystery to fix that it'd be years of therapy <laughs> <laughs> it would help man but nah dude but so you you uh you favorably felt towards this movie yeah just i think because i liked it so much just because i remembered it and i just remember like being a teenager and being like in the perfect demographic to like enjoy this movie mm-hmm. when i first saw it and it was just it was just awesome to be like to kind of relive it and my girlfriend hadn't seen it so it was funny to watch her do it the first 45 minutes for me is what was a, a chore to kind of to get through. Like, there's, Oh, so you're the opposite. So a lot of the teenage stuff, like they could have cut out a little bit of him and like Ronnie at the beginning, like in them just like back and forth. There's a lot of scenes of him just watching the girl kind of for like a little too long. Like I loved it. I love it. <laughs> Which is something that aged very poorly about this. He was a straight stalker. Yeah. Like, the scene where, like, she's having the party and she comes over. And he plays the fucking radio. Yeah, and he, like, tells her. He gives his big speech of, like, all this stuff that he knows about her. Oh, and she loves it. Yeah, and it's just like, well, that was that was just admitting that you've been watching her for hours. He's like, you're a two-sheeter when you wipe. It's incredible. <laughs> you go front to back. You're just like, what? <laughs> and Shock. she was like, that was the sweetest thing anybody's ever told me. She's like, it's either the sweetest or the creepiest thing I've ever heard. And I was like, it's the creepiest. <laughs> It's definitely the creepiest. Nah, dude. And also, I feel like it's very unrealistic that there was not one scene of that dude jerking off. They they did the hint, the tease. Did you even see that part? Where he uh, walked out with the magazine? No, where he is. They, like, are coming around the corner with the camera, like, into the bathroom. And he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 
and he then they oh, go he's scratching, into it, right? he's scratching his leg, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that wasn't enough. It wasn't you want to see him just like there's gotta be like he's gotta be like laying in a fucking sea of like paper <laughs> towels, bro, or toilet tissues. They're just like a pile of them next to his bed. Yeah. They could have done just, that. You know what I'm saying? Like you're on house arrest, bro. I'm even though three months, right? That's a you, long time. How do you think you would handle house arrest? Well, before COVID happened, I feel like I would have said poorly. But now I could I could do it. Pre internet though. Ooh, the pre internet thing like pre internet and pre uh apps pre netflix pre hulu when when at the beginning of the movie when like he's first the first day on house arrest and then like he's like the xbox live's canceled and his mom like cuts the cable and all this stuff i don't know if i could do it just that like i'd be freaking out too like i don't know how it'd be constructive like what would you do hmm. if you couldn't play video games and like you couldn't watch tv because his mom like it's like hand meat dick how though? You have to get a magazine or something because they're in it. Just drop pictures. Just drop pictures. <laughs> like a, a flip artist. book, bro. <laughs> Use the other hand just to flip the page. <laughs> nah, dude. But yeah, I think um, it'd be tough for anybody. It's hard to even imagine now because that's such like it feels like such a far away fucking time from now. Like if you think about it, like how much your smartphone didn't distract you and shit. It is weird how much like just time this little thing can consume out of your day. You know, so one thing that I thought about during uh, that scene where he's, like, doing, like, the whole, like, I love you thing on the roof is she threatens to throw his iPod off the roof. And he's like, that's that's 32 gigs of my life. <laughs> and I felt that. I was like, dude. I remember that age? Like, if someone threw your iPod, like, with all your music that you've, like, carefully, like, curated and, like, gone through and, like, made every single name and artist like match so it falls in the same category and add album artwork you put so much time into those ipods like i was like every day downloading music making sure it was the right list like on this track list for this album like did so much work for all of them if someone threatened to throw it off the roof i'd freak out how much did ipods cost back in the day they were so much they're like 300 dollars. i never had one that didn't break after like two months did you ever have like the zoom like What's the Microsoft that? version of it? Uh-uh. I forgot who had it, but like someone had that and it was just like, it was just not an iPod. Oh, it might have been me, actually. I did have one, I think. It was <laughs> like blue and really thin. It's just like, it's my iPod. Like, it's not an iPod. <laughs> it's the exact same fucking thing, bro. <laughs> but nah, man. So, I don't know, bro. I really enjoyed that whole part. Like, for me, that was cool. Like how you, like how we were talking about like time encapsulated. Mm-hmm. Just kind of seeing this guy just do random shit around his house. And um, even though, like, it seems c- creepy and stalkerish, to me, that's, like, character fucking development. Like, all right, this is what this dude does, bro. He's fucking weird. But I liked it. Yeah, like, it, like... It made him quirky. It is a good job of, like, showing, like, what leads him to, like, this, like, creepiness. Like, it's not like he just starts off, like... Binoculars aren't the first thing he picks up. Let's just say that. Like, he does his little twinky fucking tower thing. Yeah, he did a lot before he started spying on people, which is honorable. (laughs) Yeah, he tried, man. So do you know who, like, who, like, shocked that I, who I was shocked to see in this movie? Viola Davis. Oh, the Suicide Squad lady? Yeah, she was, like, so overqualified for this role. It was ridiculous. Like, there was, like, parts where she would, like, do these, like, 
eye cues and like look at people and do like the extra stare before like she said a line just something you don't really expect to see in like these like little minor roles that really are inconsequential but she was like one of like like she like put up numbers in her little time like she was a really like good you're just like this like lady like is de definitely destined to do all the stuff that she ended up doing in the last 15 years true that true that just and then even the lady from the matrix was in it who is plays the mom my nigga trinity Trinity, that's her yeah. name in it. In the Matrix, she's tight. She is. She's good. It felt very weird to see her as a mom. Yeah, it was. It was weird to see her with hair. Mm -hmm. Cause Cause she has think... that little fucking uh, pixie cut, right? Yeah, like very tiny little hair cut, short. So that was cool to see. And how about the fucking beginning part where uh, the teacher is reaming Shia LaBeouf, and the reason why he ends up on house arrest? That was uncalled for. The Mexicans in this movie are mean. They are very mean. We very rarely get parts, but it was a whole bunch of mean Mexicans. This is one of the few times where I've seen like a Mexican dude just like I felt I was even like fucking Mexicans, bro. <laughs> they were like so ridiculous. Like he was just like, Oh, you didn't turn your homework? Let me bring up your dead dad. He's like, You didn't turn up your homework? And then he's like in the middle of class in front of everybody and he's like, You're such a bitch. They do this in movies where there's like Give me one reason why I shouldn't fail you right now. It's like, you can't of, physically fail me like here. Like it's, a, it's like, bro, this is 100% a conversation we have after everybody fucking leaves <laughs> the room. I don't know why you're checking me in front of like 30 other kids. He definitely deserved to get punched. Like there's no way around that. Like this, this dude sucked. And then the cop was just as bad. I like the, uh, the one shot he got at the end by the serial killer. Was it with the bat? Nah, dude, no, he fucking the, snapped his neck, bro. Neck. That's the the whole plot armor thing I don't like. Like this dude could snap a grown man's fucking neck like in an instant, bro. But he has to fucking wrestle with Shia LaBeouf. It's because Shia saw it coming. He was he's quick, <laughs> quick on his feet. Yeah, there's a lot of that than like all like horror movies though. When people are running away, yeah, from yeah. I mean, it's justifiable, I guess. It's plot armor. It happens. You can't just kill Shia in one shot. I thought it was wrong. This is awful. They didn't care about Ronnie at all. Like You talking about when he got knocked out? Yeah, like no one went back to go check on Ronnie. Bro, he like, jumped over his body <laughs> as he was running <laughs> out the door. <laughs> and like they know the audience doesn't care about Ronnie because they don't show him until like the very last scene. They're like, okay guys, Ronnie's not dead. Wait, so you said that the first forty five minutes was a chore for you. So at what point were you or did you not feel like it was a chore? Not whole... chore. So after the first thirty minutes of it, I just felt like it was kind of just really angsty and really just like, okay, like I get it. Like we need to either intermingle some more of like the excitement of it other than just like character building. Like there needs to be more like because So you enjoyed the killer plot. I did. I liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought it made the movie kinda of like roll and snowball we talk about this a lot on this podcast of like there's the moment where things snap and then it's just like okay like now we're in a roller coaster now things are going to happen every minute or so instead of like waiting like oh what's going to happen with this like what's the, the long play here i just like when the movies hit the spot where it's just like okay now we're moving now we're going mm -hmm. and some movies hit that earlier than others i don't know like <clears throat> this is kind of random and definitely my own personal opinion but i feel like the movie missed an opportunity to be better in terms of how maybe it could have gone to where he thinks that that guy is a serial killer, but it would have ended up being that he wasn't. 
That would been edgy. Because, you know, he's on house arrest, right? So it'd be fucking with his head. Maybe there's some lessons he would gather throughout that about, like, how his dad's death wasn't his fault. How he's trying to save lives because his dad lost his life or some shit, but he's reaching for nothing. Uh I just feel like that would have been a more interesting story than, you know, the generic fucking serial killer is your neighbor thing. I think I think not, because I think that one thing about this plot in general is that it is fairly unique. Like, how many movies have, like, a person on house arrest? Like, it was just, like, a, a unique setup. Like, it could, like, kind of in use, like, a lot of, like, things that other movies have done because it has such a unique, like, jumping off point. Like, like some, like, I've listened to this podcast and he talks about, he's like, the best movies are movies you can describe in a sentence Ooh. and he's like so this movie like you're like sentence recap of this would be like kid with house arrest thinks his neighbor's a serial killer mm-hmm. and that's just like okay like that's a good plot that's true like, that's a good like device and, that's like, a premise yeah. it's a very unique plot device premise like that like a lot of movies hadn't i don't think any movies ever done that before i'm sure maybe someone has but like it was unique to me you're right bro because like just like i just did tusk like guy wants to turn me into a walrus yeah. that's it that's your hook you're like i'm in I'll, I'll watch an hour of that like two hours of that i got you that's true i didn't think about that man it's kind of a mind is blown <laughs> well done but nah dude like um i just thought it was too simple but then i think that's because we're spoiled bro there's just so many fucking movies out there that this just seems simple compared but for the time maybe it wasn't so bad it was just like something that was put out there for a broad audience. Mm-hmm. It didn't need to. It didn't want to be deeper than. In. This was like an MTV movie, pretty much, right? Yeah, it was just something that's like, okay, we're gonna get the kids out this weekend. Like, everybody's gonna see it. We're gonna make twenty million dollars real quick. Recoup that. Mm-hmm. We're good. Like, it wasn't something that was like we're gonna live on through history and art. Like Steven Spielberg was a good a producer on this. Is like something that was meant to be like a money maker more so than a piece of art. Hmm. I'm really glad that we have like differing opinions on this movie because I hate when like some podcasts come off like just circle jerks of like agreeing with each other. Uh-huh. So I respectfully understand that you see this in a more positive light than I do. Definitely. I feel like we have like a different like, like measuring we, stick or some shit. We look for different things in movies. Like I like, like I really <laughs> like pop culture and like a, measurable like stardom kind of way so like this Mm -hmm. movie really interests me because shia labeouf and like just like the whole like zeitgeist of like pop culture and like everything like is like a big deal yeah and a bigger deal to me so i get like it was like in a horror context it's not the same yeah and i think maybe i'm focusing too hard on the actual story and plot and shit yeah i don't think this was supposed to be something that's like a deep movie like it's like not one of it's not like let me in that has like this like deep long plot where like there's all these characters doing these different stuff it's more in line of drive through where it's just like all right we're gonna go on the ride we're gonna have fun you're gonna enjoy this yeah yeah and mind you i did have fun but something else that we didn't really like touch on was the very end where the fucking guys like house of horrors gets revealed it was very haunted housey bro <laughs> Like, why would all this shit be there? Like, we touched on it a little bit, but it just, like, the bodies all over the place and how they looked and... Everything but the catacombs part made sense. 
So like, okay, like if you you kill enough people, you might have a laboratory room where you cut them up and disinfect a kill room. And stuff. Yeah, and then you have this other room where you store the bodies in Ziplocs. That's cool. But you have a whole another passageway where there's just like bodies floating in. God knows what. You have a dungeon and a labyrinth. You don't need both. No. Like, what kind <laughs> of serial killer are you? Like, well, like I guess he just has all day to kill and bury. Like, he just is having fun down there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in the 2000s, there was already cameras everywhere. Like, what do you mean? Like, like you know, there's that whole thing in the 70s where there was, like, a bunch of serial killers and a lot of them got away with it because there's no fucking cameras anywhere. Yeah, by that time, you probably can't do that. By the 2000s, the mid-2000s, there should have been fucking a camera pretty much everywhere, just about. Like, there's cameras on top of every stoplight now. And I think that was the case. And I think even at the time, they were there. But you don't have, like, now, you can't do anything. Like, every single, like, every single, like, if someone's house gets robbed, like, in my neighborhood or something happens like that... It's like, you know, the, have you heard of this Nextdoor app? I've heard of, like, The Ring. Is it like that? So, Nextdoor is, like, a social media, like, within your neighborhood. Uh-huh. So, it's meant to be, like, a neighborhood, like, kind of watch. watch tool. But, like, it's just people can post, like, for sale. Like, oh, I found this puppy. My dog's lost or whatever, you know? But people just, like, if someone's, like, oh, I think this happened in my neighborhood. Everybody's like, oh, I got my ring camera. Let me take, send you all the pictures from like the minutes that you got robbed. And so like if 10 people on the block have ring, you get a pretty good like snapshot of what's going on. You get a good picture of what happened. So like, you can't just go like rob somebody and just like drive off in your car. Cause you, you'll see that car come with license plate on the ring. Like it's crazy. Like we're like not under that state of surveillance, but I think like you could probably get away with a few murders. I don't know about three years of murders or those numbers, because that's probably at least, like, 20. No, that's some, like, Hall of Fame shit. Yeah, and, like, they're going to find you. Not in the middle of suburbia, especially. Unless he's going out and, like, pulling them back in. Because let's be honest, man. Because in, like, those nicer neighborhoods, when somebody either, one, goes missing or dies, it's on the news for, like, a month. Yeah, like, that person that's, like, they're doing, like, candlelight vigils and stuff, like, like, at the park. Like, we need to find this person. Yeah, there's all types of, like, fucking memorial services getting shared on social media and stuff. Yeah, like, they find, like, I think he's going out into, like, other communities and bringing her out to the suburbs and just hiding under the normalcy of his white hair. My girl made the comment when I was watching it. She was like, uh, he doesn't look like a serial killer. He looks like a serial pedo. Like a pedo? Yeah. (laughs) I can see that. (laughs) Like, every generic, like, pedophile just rolled into one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's just like rolling. He's, he's a creepy looking dude. He is. I, I couldn't imagine like him playing other things. So there was like a couple different like times like where like I'll see this a lot in like horror movies or they're like cl- very clearly trying to do the home like the homages to like other movies like mm-hmm. and it's just like kind of like too much like so one part of this happened on is. He hits, he uses the bat to hit through the door, and then he sticks his face through the broken, shattered door, which is like shining. directly the shining. And then also, there's a scene where Shia LaBeouf, when he first goes in the house with the bat, because he thinks Ronnie's in there, and like he opens the door, and like both sides of the cameras are all black, and mm-hmm. it's just like the door is slit, and like the, you just see Shia's profile going with the bat, and it's just, I think that's the shining too. But it's kind of like Kill Billy as well. And it was just a really cool shot. That I was like, okay, that one's tight. But like, I think the Shining one was kind of corny. 
I remember the Shining one. I don't remember the Kill Billy one. It was cool. Like if you watched it again, like there's the part where he's just he's just like goes in, then it's just the profile shot looks like just something like you would put on a poster. I'm telling you, bro. Like the second he started doing the whole like the plot where the girlfriend's following the guy in the store and stuff. I feel like from that moment on, bro, I just kind of like checked out slightly. <laughs> I was like, okay, now we're getting silly. That was like kind of a, like at that point, like a little bit like a groundbreaking scene. Though. It was like they're using they're using like this technology to stop this guy, <laughs> and then like he has Ronnie on radio while he's breaking into the car. So like he's doing all this like techie like two thousand year two thousand kind of stuff where you're just like kind of like it's just like it's like that'd be hard to do fucking today it would be so easy today it would be easy you think to do today we would just have like a three-way skype going and be like all right where are we at okay well i've never used skype so that that's you've never used facetime like no i don't use facetime you've never done anything like that this mug isn't for facetime <laughs> you don't that's why we're doing a podcast bro i got a beautiful voice You're recording from far away. From far away. <laughs> I don't put my face in the goddamn camera. Yeah, but like, I feel like now we just all be on like a three-way call. We'd be like, okay, there he is. I'm in the car. I'm cool. that guy who cool. like cool. has the camera pointed at the ceiling as I'm like just talking to you like off camera. <laughs> you could have been shyer then. You wouldn't have to put your face on. But, okay, okay. So you're more tech savvy than I am apparently. So this is more, this would be very easy to do today. Yeah, because in two thousand and eight, though. But then you had all these like little like Radio Shack boxes that they were putting together back then. Yeah, and it kind of worked out. And it's just like very corny how like they like he left his phone in the car, mm -hmm. and you have to go back. Come on, he's got to break into the fucking uh, garage. But he already has the garage door code. And also, if I saw that like dead deer, like I'm probably suspicious mm -hmm. at that point. Like, why is a rotten fucking deer just out in room temperature? Like, is that like, his, do you think that's like his decoy? I guarantee it. You think that's what he would like blame the smell on if somebody's like, what's that smell? It's like, oh, it's his deer. He's constantly goes, kills a deer, brings it back. Probably. That's kind of a good call. It is a smart move, actually, because that's where <laughs> that cop went when they checked it, right? And then also the other thing that the killer did that was a good move was he had the red wig ready to go and like, I'm going to pretend to leave with this car. Who has a fucking red wig on the go? Like, you think he could just pick up a redhead on instinct and he just has that wig ready to go? I think, yeah, he just has, like, every single color. He knows he knows what the deal is. Because he, he saw Shia watching him. And so he's like, I need to make a fake escape here. That's commitment. It is, bro. Like, you have to... It's kind of funny that he still had the, like, that red wig, like, on the counter when he walked into the into the laboratory thing. He's like, oh, he didn't put this away yet. Like, everything's so clean, but the red wig's just, like, sitting there. <laughs> nah, dude, he just keeps that just for memories. <laughs> He's like, oh, remember when I killed that girl? Great times. So what would you, like, rate this movie? So... One to six. As far as horror movie goes, I don't think I'd rate it highly, but I really enjoy it. So I think four would be where I am. Okay, okay. And you see this coming. I'm going two. Because... I'm not iffy about it. I was very distracted. So I can't say honestly that like I completely enjoyed it. I enjoyed the first half. Not so much the second half. It just wasn't for me. But uh, I think that's more or less Disturbia. Unless you got something else you want to add. No, I don't think I had anything else. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. That was Disturbia. Now we're going to go to the next part of this pod. Where we just kind of shoot the shit. And...
So King Kong versus Godzilla came out. I talked about this on my last one with Esai, but going back in. <laughs> What'd you guys say about it? Uh, nothing. Just what we thought about it. How we thought who would win and going in and shit. What uh, about you? What team are you on, man? I was Team King Kong. I was really disappointed. Why did everybody fucking Team King Kong, bro? Did nobody see Godzilla King of All Monsters? I think we as like humans just want to root for the most human life. It's kind of like it's kind of like watching boxing, you know? Like uh-huh. you root for the Mexican dude. You root for your guy. You got to root for your people. Like if you like ever go like have you been to like the gym like when they do like multiple people fighting? Like just like mm-hmm. kind of like even with kids, like it'd be like okay, there's a Mexican kid. We're all gonna cheer for this Mexican kid and watch him beat the hell out of this white. Uh, kid. Yeah. That's like, just a cultural thing, man. And I just feel like King Kong's more human like than Godzilla. So we just you know, put a lot of faith and a lot of stock in the King Kong basket, and he disappointed us. I'm going to say it just like a dude at work said, man. I know a winner when I sees it. <laughs> All right? About King Kong? No, about Godzilla, man. Fucking Godzilla melted fucking New York in the last movie just by <laughs> standing in it. Well, okay, so first fight, King Kong was, like, completely got, caught off guard and also was on water. And he held his own, like, in the middle of the ocean against a He swimming. didn't held his own, bro. The fucking army bailed him out, like, nine times. They really did. He was about to get drowned. He was getting fucked up. It was still on water. It was a tough fight. Okay, okay. Now, what about the second fight? In Tokyo. Or no, it was uh, China. China, not Japan. Hong Kong, yeah. The second fight was rough. Bro, he got pieced the fuck up. He was getting his chest clawed up. He wasn't re- he wasn't ready for the quickness. See, like Godzilla, like had the whole last movie to fight other things and kind of get like ready. And he also <laughs> got like up, dude. he also got like killed and had to get revived. Who Godzilla by uh by Monster One by fucking King Ghidorah, bro. But he got killed. It was, that was King Ghidorah. Did he not die? Who was bigger than Godzilla? And he had to get like nuked to get all this power back. God, King Kong didn't know anything else existed. Wait, actually, like King Ghidorah didn't do that to Godzilla. The army fucking dropped a like a atom destroying bomb on him. It oh, wasn't yeah. even nuked. He got killed by people. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So he, that wasn't a fight. That was interference. That yeah, was like a- if they were in a wrestling match and the fucking U.S. government came with a steel chair from under the ring. I'm just saying he was he was it was a bad matchup for him. It wasn't a good like location. The one thing I'll give Kong is that fucking axe went hard. It was nice. That was dope. Like what what did you think about what do they call it the center earth? Hollow earth? Yeah. I love that theory. That's a real thing. How is there light? Uh it's the core. The core? I'm making this up. Uh, yeah, you know, the core, it illuminates light. When they were down there, I was like, this is, I was like, where's the light coming from? I was like, there's like a ceiling. Didn't make sense. Also, I was very glad to see, um, my boy from Atlanta on there. Uh, what was his name? The black dude? Yeah. The conspiracy guy. Yeah. he. Uh, I've never seen Atlanta, but I just knew you were talking about. It's a really, really good show. I know uh, Donald Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah, yeah. And I was really glad to see him in that, but he had a stupid ass like whole like part like their whole plot. Their whole plot line is dumb, very unnecessary. Just really like I, they did nothing fun, nothing. Mm-mm. They literally just spilled water on a computer and then kind of hurt Mecha Godzilla for a second. All right, but overall, what did you think of the movie? It wasn't good. 
I didn't think so either. <laughs> I was very uh, let down. It was like a what are we doing the taco scale, one to six. Yeah, I would uh, give to it, actually like rate it. I, I would, would say three, bro. I'd give it a two. It was bad. I think the effects were good enough that it justifies the three, from in my opinion. But the story just was not there. You have to have human stories. It's like all these monster movies need to have a decent human story, and they didn't have one. Not even monster movies, bro. Live action movies in general, where you're using heavy CGI. Like I just saw Tom and Jerry, the new one. Same problem. The there wasn't enough emphasis on the actual central characters of the movie, and then the like side human character stories were very weak. And I feel like that really affects them. If it's distracting, it's going to take away from the fucking movie. And like you said, the whole podcast plot didn't really work. It could have been cool, but they just didn't do it right. I think it had potential, but it it was bad. I was bored. And another thing, there wasn't enough uh, extra monsters in it, bro. Like Godzilla King of All Monsters had Mothra. It had uh, Rodan, the big fucking firebird. Um, all the titans that come at the end and fucking stand around Godzilla, bro, that's fire. But all King Kong and Godzilla had was that one thing at the center of the earth, that bat-looking thing. They had Naked Godzilla, though. Or Naked. Naked Godzilla was hard. And he was actually the brain from, what's his name? Ghidorah. Ghidorah. So, Ghidorah came back and took an L to King Kong. Took an L to King Kong. He, he fucked him up. That was cool how he like shot the he shot the breath into King Kong's um, fucking axe as he yeah. was jumping, bro. He, oh, he parted up. That was cool. That was cool. But you know what the axe was made of, right? His scale, right? Yeah, I don't know how you caught that. I had to read about it. I didn't know. I read about it too, honestly. <laughs> I saw it on Reddit or something. A lot of Redditing. No, it was like the only part that I liked was when they fought. Like when King Kong and Godzilla fought in China, I didn't like it. Like, I don't know why. It just felt very much so like, oh, this is really not what I picture a giant gorilla and a giant dinosaur fighting in a city looking like. Yeah, I feel like in, like, the old movies, they would fight, like, by, like, a volcano or, like, in the jungle or, like, in, like, a, you know, more of, like, a big area where they're not just, like, destroying. Like, it felt, like, very, like, I was like, okay, this is all done on a computer. However, though. When they brought in Mecha Godzilla, I don't know why, like, my whole opinion of it changed. Just that specific fight. Like, I was able to suspend my disbelief. Like, all right, this is a giant robot dinosaur now. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm in. Was, I think the actor that played that dude is Mexican, too. The Mexicans are getting a bad rap all over the place. Oh, podcast. you're talking about the, the mogul, the Elon Musk yeah. guy? This is why we don't trust Elon Musk guys, like... I you saw think this thing. is what he's doing, bro? I saw a report that was like, like Elon Musk says he could he could recreate Jurassic Park. And like the the tweet under it was like, did they watch the fucking movie? <laughs> <laughs> have they seen fucking Jurassic Park? <laughs> like, have you seen it? Like, come on. Bro. The more like people are like how how would they, how could they open up like a theme park where Jurassic Park was and like now like you see that you're like they would open that shit up and people would go people would definitely fucking go bro <laughs> people would it was just so stu- we're so stupid would you ever go to Jurassic Park no not ever if they like offered moon tours would you go to the moon I'd do that before I went to Jurassic Park bro it's the exact same fucking thing nah it's not there's no way to like make that a hundred percent safe but nothing on the moon is gonna eat you yeah except for if like a window cracks or you get you get <laughs> stranded in fucking space there's so many bad things that can happen 
Yeah, that's true. You're putting your life in someone's hands too. That you you just can't control it. That's why you stay here where it's safe. Where it's in your house. That's a that's a Billy Madison reference. I don't know if you caught that. I didn't. Do you know what Billy Madison is? Yeah. You know where he goes back to grade school and he grabs the kid's cheeks and he because he's getting bullied. (laughs) Stay here where it's safe. (laughs) What a ridiculous premise for a movie. How do you feel about Adam Sandler movies in general? Like that whole little stretch from back in the day. The, some of them, some of them. No, I'm not saying all of them. There's some of them don't hold up. Like when you go back and watch Billy Madison, like that so that movie to me doesn't it, do it. I'm the opposite. And I liked it a lot when I was a kid. I feel like people were like, "Oh, Adam Sandler lost it." I think that the thing is more so that we just don't like the humor that Adam Sandler has anymore. He was really slapstick, right? Really yeah. physical. That was his whole shtick. A little physical, more just like mean, like just like crowing on people in like yeah. a ridiculous way. Just a really angry, yelling guy, right? Yeah, but like <clears throat> Happy Gilmore is like one of my favorites all time, and so is The Water Boy, which is just Water like, Boy is fucking all time classic. Which is so like it's a rough like kind of like in twenty twenty is like twenty twenty one. It's kind of like a weird thing that the movie is just about some dude who's just like mentally challenged. <laughs> like the some- whole. He's basically what's that called, bro? Um, oh, I can't even. What does he have? All right, guys, listen, listen. Okay, don't cancel me. Even though all three of you watching, probably say this word. He has retard strength. He does. Like it's just such. That's a what they. It's thing. pretty much what the movie's about, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the whole premise of it. It's like it's so <laughs> awful because like there's so many like pauses where they're just like making fun of him because of his like mental state that like it's just like it's kind of hard to watch but it's so funny yeah like he just fucking rages out that's the whole premise of the movie he literally makes like a stupid sound when he goes to tackle he's like (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's such a bad thing to laugh at now but it's hilarious i can't help it all right and uh little nikki also um that's not one that i really liked when i was a kid I was like Little Nicky, Waterboy, Little Nicky, and uh, Big Daddy was a big one. Big Daddy is still funny. Um, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. That dude did a fucking fuck ton of movies. Dude. He was in everything from like a stretch. Like, and they were like famous. his own thing, right? Like he wrote them all, I'm assuming. He's a lead character in them, and I think he got all his boys to play in them. And I, I don't know if he wrote them all, but he had. It was just him. Or it's his like production company. Was yeah. it Happy Madison? Yeah, and then he had like. After the L, those little ones, and he was like doing stuff like the longest yard and stuff like that, like in grown ups. He's been relevant for so long. Mm-hmm. It's insane. I, I always felt favorable towards this stuff. I know there's a lot of people that really hate his shit. But he has like such like a different like scale of stuff. Like, he has those like goofy like slapstick comedies, and he also has stuff like 51st Dates, which is like goofy, but it's like also like more like heartfelt than any of those movies. Mm-hmm. And he has a good job of making those movies or like the wedding singer like the wedding singer is awesome like i love that movie like a lot and it's just like i've never seen it some people can fall in the category of seeing like all the slapstick ones and loving that version of him but he's also like a really really good rom-com person yeah the wedding singer is awesome you should watch that this was probably my favorite adam Sandler movie like it's like has the most like real well-rounded one my favorite is uh funny people funny people was one of those movies i thought was good but it's just like dragged I'm a, I'm a big Seth Rogen guy, so for him to, like, fucking, you know, co-headline a movie with Adam Sandler was tight to me. Yeah, and it was Apatow, too, so it was, like, kind of, like, a big thing. I think I just went into it, into it expecting, like, it to be, like, a lot funnier than it was. 
I like the uh, the behind the scenes shit of it, like the whole comedy aspect, like them talking about writing and stuff and all that shit. It's kind of a depressing thing. Like any like time I've met like a uh, or talked to like comedians, like they like their whole life is like literally just trying to like impress people. Like when it boils down to it, like you need the favor of the crowd at all times, or you're not a good comedian, right? Whoa, right. So your whole life is just like constantly just like putting out and hoping to receive back a laugh so in a, w- a lot of ways like a comedian is like just like a very like depressing thing it really is now that you think now that you mentioned that, i never thought of it that way because you really are like I'm, you're really just seeking approval yeah just constantly like your whole job is to get approval in the form of a laugh and so you're kind of like just like saying whatever it's just rough like i couldn't imagine doing that no that and like putting yourself out there because like humor is such a what's that called what's that word um somebody else's point of view perceptive mm. it's such a perceptive thing yeah like it just like all that matters how that person felt your joke or heard it it's kind of like music in a lot of ways but music you're not performing and creating it and testing it in front of an audience every day I mean, but a lot of that's similar to this kind of in terms of where you just got to have confidence in what you're doing and not really like if you think something's funny, then just put it out there. I mean, somebody's going to agree. I think that immediate feedback is a scary part, though, because like if someone was sitting there and I'm over here talking and there's like, boo, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd be shook. That fucked me up, too. <laughs> but I don't know, like I'm, I'm at an age to where like I'm comfortable enough to like just say whatever I want to say. Yeah. Like, I don't know. If I have a thought and I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird. That's more where I'm at. I don't ever try to be funny, but I'm definitely like, all right, this is kind of a different thing to say or a different thing to think. Yeah, I feel what you mean. Like, I like to talk about, like, random stuff like that, but I think it'd be harder to do, like, if, like, you had to impress constantly. I'm going to grab a drink of water quick. You can carry this for a second. All right, all right. So Nick's going to drink some water from the tap because he... Has absolutely no standards. He's a disgusting person. There's soda in the fridge, but he is so healthy that he's just drinking fucking tap water. That's probably got all types of chemicals and shit in it. And this is an old house, so I'm sure the pipes have like done horrible things to that water. Are we dispersing? But you're above. A, but you're above a Dr Pepper. Yes, I don't drink Dr Pepper. <laughs> soda is for children, unless it's a Coke. It's my opinions on it. Listen, sir. How dare you speak about my favorite beverage that way? Dr. Pepper? No, just soda in general. I don't really like soda that much. Like, I only I only drink Coke. That's the only a, a nice cold cola. Like, not even Pepsi. Has to be a Coke. That's it. I like a Pepsi with ice, but I'll drink a Coke without ice. If it's on the fountain, I'll drink a Pepsi. Like, some some sodas are just better on the fountain. Yeah, like it's really sweet. I don't, like I've had a Pepsi. You know, when you go to a restaurant, and you don't know. You're just like, give me a Coke, and they just go, uh huh, and they don't tell you that it's Pepsi because like, oh yeah, because you can tell. Like I've tell a medium, like no 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 no, like this no, is no, so no, fucking no. sweet. Like I like it though because like I drink Coke all the time. So when I have a Pepsi and it's just like a pinch sweeter, I'm like, ooh, this is different. Don't give me this garbage. Like I like do not like drinking Pepsi. Like if it, I don't know, like as soon as it touches my lips, I'm like, that's not Coke. Are you the guy who would, like, complain to a waiter? Not complain, but will you be like, I have an issue with this and I need you to fix it? I It depends. So, if it's the wrong order, 
you're, I'm getting, I'm well, yeah, I mean, obviously. If it's the wrong thing. If there's onions in it that I didn't like, or if there's something like a tomato that I could just take off, I don't care. Like, it's fine. But if it's, like, getting me the wrong thing. Like, but, like, what about, like, you get a soda and, like, okay, the soda's a little bit flat. Oh, yeah. Because I'll, I'll drink the soda. <laughs> I'll power through it, and then I'll be like, oh, give me something different this time, please. I'm so, not the, like, the fresh glass you... I used to, like, wait tables. Uh-huh. And so I'm just, like, super hyper-conscious of, like, just being in a restaurant in general. Because I, <clears throat> I, like... Oh, whoa. And tap water. I just, like, <laughs> know every situation that goes on and just how you would feel if you're the waiter and be like, okay, like, whatever. Like, I could do this. And so, like, I'm kind of just, like, a little, like walking on eggshells a little bit when I'm in a restaurant, so I don't like to, like, be extra or anything with the servers. And so I would probably just, like, let it sit or be like, hey, like, can you take this back? I don't want anything else. Yeah, you see, I would smash it and then just not mention. I'd be like, or I might say it afterwards, like, oh, this was flat. Can I just have a different drink when you refill it? Would you drink the whole thing first? Yeah. Because I, I don't know why, dude. I have this weird thing where I don't like seeming like a pain in the ass. I feel you. I have that too. You think that's a cultural thing? Like we don't like seeming like, um, I don't know, like pessimistic, I guess. No, I don't think it's a cultural thing. I think that's just like an individual trait. I'm just not someone who's just like needs everything to be curated for me. And, but now I am more so at a restaurant. So I've noticed this like ever since like, I'm like, you know, an adult and like, I have a lot more, like I'm like paying for this shit. So I'm like, Hey, like, can you fix this? Like, take care, daddy. Yeah, take care of me. Like, I'm gonna tip you off the end of this. Like, but you just need to fix this. Like, it'll be fine. You said that in such a weird way. Tip you off. <laughs> I didn't say tip me off. <laughs> I just picture like you just flicking a tip of a wiener. <laughs> it's just the waiter. Like, come here, boy. Get this right. <laughs> Click. <laughs> that would be. I wouldn't know what to do if someone like flicked me like that. Just like as a threat, yeah. or as an intimidation thing. Just. I don't think I could take someone seriously if they did that. It'd be kind of like one of those, you just need to go. But it's something like where it's like the unhingedness of it, like in the audacity to just flick someone in the tip would be like, it'd be very much like, oh shit, like this person like is like confidently doing this. So like something's wrong with them. We went through like a phase, me and my girl like recently where we watched all the Jackass movies. Uh And I think it's the first one where he fights like the Chinese kickboxer. The like female? Like the female champion. Mm-hmm. And she just, like, gives Ryan Dunn, like, just kicks his ass. It's so funny. Like, and it's just, like, it's so, like, easy for her. Do you ever wish, like, because I never, I never get to, like, spar. I think it'd be fun to spar with, like, a stranger just to, like, see what you can do. Like, MMA-wise or boxing? Boxing. Fuck MMA. So, I'm not getting kicked in, like, little baby gloves. One of, this guy I used to work with at, like, at this restaurant. He was, like, always, like, into, like, MMA and stuff. And he was, like, always wanted to... I told him my box got to buy a bag, and I hit the bag all the time. And he's like, do you want to spar? And it was really cool because he was, like, a professional. Like, he knew what, like, just boxing with some random dude didn't. Like, he knew that, like, this is not personal. We are play we are doing a sport together mm-hmm. we are boxing we are not fighting each other like you need to really have that parameters laid down when you're boxing with somebody because you can like start to get mad like when that dude punches you and hits you in the like rib and then you're just like i'm gonna push this guy and then punch him but you can't like you just like need to like kind of know like your limitations so like <clears throat> i wish i had someone like that that i can just spar with but i don't think that anyone 
especially none of my friends are like mentally there. We can just like have like a friendly spar. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people could do that. <laughs> it seems rough. Like you, you just like, especially if you're just getting your ass kicked. That'd be so mad. Yeah, you definitely feel a type of way about it. <laughs> Imagine you were just going in like, all right, we're gonna just you know throw a couple punches. He's gonna get me. I'm gonna get him, and I don't know where you just get fucked up. All of a sudden, you're not getting him. He's just getting you. You're just like, okay. I always feel like I'm not built for boxing because I have really short arms. I don't have good reach. Yeah, you don't have a lot of. So like that's a lot of where like people think like, oh, you're big. You know, you got broad shoulders. So obviously, you know, you could probably throw a hard punch. And I don't think it works like that. Like I don't have a lot of reach. The same way I can't throw a football far. I probably can't throw a punch that hard. <laughs> Like, I mean, I could generate a lot of power, but just not in a punch. You'd have to, like, grab onto something. And do I damage. could, like, grab and fall, maybe, like, some ground and pound, like, with my weight really behind it. But in terms of just, like, straight up standing up and, like, throwing punches, I don't think I'd be very good at it. Yeah, you don't have very, very much reach there. Mm. It'd be kind of difficult. I could, like, butterbean somebody. That's what uh, our cousin Mario used to tell me. He's like, hey, fucking butterbean you, dog. Get in close. <laughs> butterbean you. <laughs> but no. It'd be scary. They also fought Butterbean and Jackass. Me and uh, bro, me and my daughter, when she was like five, watched fucking Jackass 3. Mm-hmm. Have you so seen that penises, one? Isn't I know. I had to, she had to cover her eyes a lot. Uh, <laughs> she likes uh, fail videos. So uh-huh. that's why Jackass was like a pretty easy, you know, fucking transition. But the third one, bro, is so goddamn cinematic. They do so much. Because uh, one and two are very much faithful to like the old TV show, you know, the black title card with the white words and then it's just like hi i'm doing this but the third one was very fucking music very there was skits and stuff real cinematic and in the third one too like they're like they got some random like other guys to come in and do a lot of the heavy lifting as far as like taking damage you know yeah yeah because in the first one like in the first one johnny knoxville like gets shot with a beanbag in like a police facility, like <laughs> just like in his chest, like and he just like take drops, like it's not like funny at all. It's just like terrible. And yeah. like in the third one, they're not doing that kind of stuff. Like they're all just like a little too like. No, it's definitely just like big, like visually impressive things. Yeah, they're like, what can we do to like avoid like having to like go out there and kill ourselves? Because I think the third one, the biggest skit was the the rocket launch, right? Or was that the second one? Porta potty. No, that was big too. But the one where Johnny Rocket, Johnny's Knoxville's holding on to the rocket. I can't remember. If that's the second or the third. But you're talking about where it shoots out the side and it almost fucking murks his ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck that. But when it worked, it shot him like 50 feet in there, and then he just like catapulted into the water. Like they they didn't like. I can't imagine how they're gonna finish this fourth shooting like without like them one of them dying. Like they're too old for that now. Yeah, like you can only escalate so much, right? Yeah, and your body can only take so much. Like, and without point. repeating ideas, it would be hard to kind of just think about new stuff because they did a lot of just out there things. Like after a while, bro, they just started doing like dick and poop stuff. <laughs> the first one didn't that guy take a dump in the in the hardware store? He took a shit in the toilet and just walked <laughs> out. Or where he put his ass like on the volcano and he just shot diarrhea out like a fucking oh, volcano that was erupted. Gross. That was a that was a 3D one for sure. That was three. Uh, there was just a lot of gross shit them them dudes did, bro. And you could just see like the, how much that they all hate it at some point. Like there's one a part in the third one where they all have to go through the hanging tasers. 
mm-hmm. and they're all like turned on and they're running through it and they're all in so much pain and they're just like too old for it. That's that could low-key be fun. How? I don't know. I think it'd just be exciting. <laughs> it's like uh, an endurance test. Like, let me see if you can do this. I don't think I could. Like, remember those little things like like the fake lighters you'd get like when a kid and then like it would like be like it would shock you? Mm-hmm. You remember those? I hated those. I hated the feeling. I couldn't like stand it. I could always tolerate like shocks. Shocks don't really bug me. I wouldn't be able to do the animal stuff, like fear factor and shit. Like you couldn't go in there with like a bull? No. Not even that, bro. Like uh I don't do mice, so I couldn't do anything with like rodents. Oh hell no. And I think the third one they do the it's like a one of those what do they call them? Rodeo clown? Like it's one of those rigs where it's like a kinda like a seesaw, but it's like a four way seesaw. Mm-hmm, and so the they're bull. all jumping up and the bull's under him. I couldn't do that. Oh, brother, that's fucking psycho. That's why. <laughs> like that thing. Of, a bulls are huge. Like I'm a big person, but a bull is like seven times my weight. Easily. And I couldn't move it at all. It would do whatever. It would have its way with and me. And there would be nothing they could do to stop it. Like if it just <laughs> like if it decides to just kick you in the fucking chest and then stomp you while you're on the ground. Then it's going to happen. That's That's lasting effect. Speaking of that. I was just about to talk about like being in like a vegetable state. DMX, man. Super sad. Um I feel like this is one of the we don't really do like shout outs for rest in peace, but I feel like DMX deserves it. Very much so. DMX, like like I was talking about earlier, like I love like the pop culture aspect of like a lot of things and so rap included. Like DMX had a very short run, but like DMX was more popular than any rapper currently is that's maybe not Cardi B like he was like legit the most popular rapper and one of the most popular pop culture stars in the world for a five year period like he was getting movie deals he like they're like what rap like what gangster rapper quote unquote now do they play on the radio like on like 95.7 radio I'm talking about like the top 50s not just like the hip hop station like they're playing Rough Riders Anthem on like the kids station and like people were just like like moms were jamming to it. Like people like don't understand like the level of fame. Like people like him, Eminem, Fifty Cent, and I guess you could qualify Nelly as a rapper too in that way. It was they were famous as rappers, but also like superstars. Like well, they were uh, very much so cultural icons. Yeah, it was more so than like right. Like I like I love like Lil Baby and Roddy Rich and those new guys, but like they're not at the same level as fame at all, at all, at all. Like DMX or Eminem or Fifty Cent was. Well, also that's a big part of what social media and shit is. Is it's very much so. It was a smaller echo chamber back then. Like whatever MTV told you was the guy. Or like the radio stations, That's true. they very much dictated who the guy was, and like you said, Eminem, Fifty Cent, uh, fucking Dr. Dre and stuff when he had the Chronic. I don't even think Dr. Dre was ever at that point of like, but not in like you said, DMX was in movies and shit. He was in movie, like he was Bro, like. I remember DMX as a movie star before a rapper, like because we're about that age, right? Credit to the graves on my favorite movies. Bro, Cradle to the Grave, Exit Wounds, fucking he Romeo Must that, Die. He was in that part. He has a part where he walks in, like he like shoots up the club, and he goes, he says to the crowd, guns don't kill people, people kill people, and then like nothing else. He just screams that to the crowd. Man. 
It is just like a classic, like, why do you say that? But I love, like, I, I understand why you said that, but at the same time, I don't, I don't understand why you said that. Yeah, and he was a, he was a good actor, bro, because I remember watching him and never going like, oh, this is just a rapper. Like, I believed him in everything he did. He was. He's he very a- much had a typecast, though. He really couldn't change his voice. Like, what else can you do with that voice? Like, you have to be kind of like. You can be a lawyer, dog. <laughs> your, honor, lawyer. your honor, you got to come in here. We got to defend this guy, okay? This is my dog. Can we have a sidebar? <laughs> <laughs> I listened to, I forgot what song it was. I think it was X Gonna Give It To You. Uh-huh. And at the beginning of the song, it's just like him barking for like a couple seconds. And then he's like, it's what you're hearing. Listen. That's what you're hearing. Listen, it's like 10 seconds before like any like the hook or anything, the beat comes in. It's just him like just mumbling. Like it's just, ins- it's just insane. Like how like he just jumped from like, basically like not really being an artist to being like a number one on the billboard charts and number one, everything. And just like, it's insane how like, famous he was. And it's sad that like our like generation of like, not heroes, but like the people like who were like, in the culture as that guy's when we were kids are like starting to die now. I know he's really young and he's not like an old person, but there's going to be a point where like all the people when we were kids are going to just start to die. It's going to feel really weird. Yeah. You mean like uh, the nineties and two thousands people? Yeah. The people who were like famous then they're going to be old at some point. Well, dude, he like, was barely 50. He's very much so an outlier. Yeah. But he was also young for that age. So like, there's just going to be, I just like, like Tom Hanks, like, like Tom Hanks is gonna die, like at in some like point. probably fucking before we do. De- definitely. We... No, I no, mean he's... I'm saying he might die after we do, bro. No, he's... he's not, bro. He's like sixty. He's Tom Hanks is old. He's probably like seventy now, and he's gonna live to probably be like fucking a hundred. No, he's not. Dude, famous people—they're all vegan, bro. They all have secrets. All right, <laughs> there's something they're keeping from the rest of us, bro. Oh, the kid, kid blood, right? Yes, the fucking uh, what's that thing called? Uh, oh, I always know it. Of all the dumb <laughs> shit I know, this is one of them. The the kid blood, kid soul. Ah, oh, god damn it! Like, there's like there's like a, the conspiracy theory that they like drink kids' blood or eat kids' blood or it's something. Like the Q-Don stuff. Yeah, it's something real. Sp- but there's like a there's like a. It's kind of like. You know, like Star Wars, like the midichlorians? Yes. It's like some word like that that they use, like that, that gives them their power. It's the plot of The uh, the Shining 2. Have you seen that movie, Dr. Sleep? The Shining 2? There's yeah. a 2? It's called Dr. Sleep with uh, Ian McGregor. No. He plays a grown-up Danny Torrance. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's it was decent, actually. I liked it. Ian McGregor's a good actor. Like, I would watch it. Mm-hmm. Plays an alcoholic. That's all I remember. Oh, because his dad was an alcoholic, remember? Yeah, he in was the Shining. Drinker. Bro, we gotta do a Stephen King movie. We have to do the Shining. That's, that'd be a huge, monumentous moment. It would be, but I'm still, I'm holding on to that one. I'd rather do smaller ones like Children of the Corn or Christine and shit. I'm done. That'd be fun. Children I, of the Corn would be fun. I've seen parts of it. I think Children of the Corn would be really fun. I'll be down. Do that next. Pencil it in. It's in. But nah, dude. So we've been going for about an hour and twenty-five. Not bad. Not bad at all. We did it. We got through the movie quick. Got to a lot of topics quick. We did, did a lot of good stuff. Yeah. It's eclectic. So I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Um, You have nothing to plug, which is what I was about to ask you. I have nothing to plug. No. Uh, Drink tap water. Seriously, though. 
Do you not drink tap water? I don't drink tap water. You just like wouldn't? I grew up drinking it, but then my girl put me off of it. Can I have a cameo? Let her explain herself. I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but she just comes over here. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> but no. So on this note, oh, in college, bro, I did my like uh, my literature like thesis on fucking tap water versus bottled water. Seriously? Yes. And um, I don't know why I did it or how I did it, but I remember at the end of the fucking uh, the year, I got back my grade for it. And, you know, it's a final, so it was like 10 pages or whatever. Uh-huh. And the teacher wrote a note on the top of it that says, you completely missed the point of what this was. <laughs> but I still got 473 out of 475 points. How? Because I'm a boss point. at fucking writing, bro. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a god of wordplay. But literally, that's what the note said on the top of it. You completely missed the point of what this was. That's so funny. So I'm like working on writing this like short story stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've always wanted to do this for, like, a while of this, like, I worked with this salesman at this, like, industrial bearings company that sold, like, a whole bunch of parts for, like, uh, conveyor belts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, this dude, like, every time I saw him, he was a salesman. He was just, like, disheveled. He, like, was sweating. His shirt was wrinkled. He always looked like shit. Like, he'd come in just, like, <laughs> like I need to go do this, run to this thing. And, like, <laughs> so the premise of it is... That this dude, I've, I haven't really, I've named him Arthur so far. That's just a contingent name. But is that, it's not his fault in a way that he is like, has a cursed life that like anytime he steps out of his house, he's like doomed to like be in this like state of chaos. So something terrible is going to happen to him every day, but he doesn't know what it is. But Ooh. he also has to get to work and it's like going to be like a comedy slash like, kind of like a dark comedy where he just has like this like constant hell that he's living in but it's not really just like a constant hell that is just thrust upon him he's also a shitty person that leads to most of these bad things happen to him mm-hmm. and it's just like everyday adventures of him is like what i'm working on like the little short story thing sounds like a twilight zone episode i like yeah, it yeah it's gonna be fun i'm excited i got like i wrote like five pages i banged them out i was like damn this is pretty good so I need to like tweak it and rework. So it how short it. do you think you're thinking? Like a novella, like 120 some pages, or is it actually going to be like a 30 page short story? I'm thinking like 20 pages, like per day, like so every day of his life would be like a 20 page like thing, and then the next day is like inconsequential, like to the last day. Shit, that's fucking cool. Have you heard? Uh, I don't know. I told you that me and uh, Esai and them were talking about doing like uh, we want to do like film type stuff. Uh-huh. Like, they're thinking of, like, forking out bread for, like, fucking baller-ass cameras and shit. For real. And they want to go, like, hard at it. And I was thinking more of, like, comedy bits and stuff, but they they seem like they want to delve into, like, actual, like, film stuff. That'd be cool. So maybe, like, if you do something like that, we could all collab and do something like that. I'm down. That'd be fun as fuck. That'd be fun. I want to finish. Because, like, like, that's always been, like, my, like, forte is writing. Like, more so than any of this other stuff. So... I'm trying to get back into it. So on the subject of that, could I bounce some of my bits I've thought of off of you? Yes, let's do it. So I thought of this one, right, where it's a world where, like, people have superpowers. Uh-huh. But the only way you could uh, activate your superpowers is by putting a thumb in your ass. <laughs> I feel like that'd be a good, like, 
Like I think I, I'm I'm picturing like the superhero training. Like you're like in like a training class, and so like you're like in like superhero one on one, and like they're just like teaching you like okay like you, we know like you minorly know how to get your powers ready, but like we're gonna show you the best way to like access your powers, and the teacher just like jams it up his butt, <laughs> and then he like starts doing a power, and the kids are like. Wait, what? Like, this is how we're, like, supposed to do it? Like, uh-huh. I can, like, do it by, like, blinking and I can have control. He's like, no, 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 no. Trust me. This is the best way to do it. And the kids are just like, Professor, like, I don't think that's the best way to, like, I can see it like, being yeah, that yeah. kind of skit. Like, I picture specifically, like, <laughs> for invisibility. Okay. And imagine, like, uh, say if, like, we were talking right now and out of nowhere we heard a disembodied voice and it's like, and we know, like, oh, fuck, is Jeff invisible right now? <laughs> Like, this dude's in here with, like, his thumb in his ass, just ass naked, just spying <laughs> on us. And we know it. And that's, like, kind of the premise of the bit. It'd be fun. But it has to be, like, other superheroes that know that Jeff has it. Yeah. It'd be cool. I like that. I like that. And uh, what was the other one? The other one was, uh, have you seen Child's Play? Yeah. You know how it starts off where he, like, breaks into the toy store and he uh, puts his soul into the doll because uh-huh. the cops are chasing him? So what if he breaks into a store but there's nothing in there? But like a security guard is asleep at a table and he's looking at the guard and, you know, you're like, okay, he's going to put his soul into the guard. But then all of a sudden the killer looks down and he sees a Chipotle burrito on like the desk. (laughs) He's in the burrito. And he puts his soul into the burrito. And then like we go to a Chipotle and we just film a lady like putting a burrito in a bag like five times. And like pretty much he's just like um, he keeps getting reincarnated as a burrito. And, like, every time something happens to him, it's like he's just, like, in this permanent purgatory. You just see, go, ah! <laughs> Getting put back into the bag. That's so random. I don't know why I thought of that. <laughs> I like it, though. But, yeah. So, that's this is what I do with my free time and just think of shit like that now. Your random premises? Mm-hmm. That's good. Have you started writing anything for it? No, they're all just... You had to like put in once you like start rolling and going into scripts, it kind of like lets you just like learn like what you want it to be. I don't think I'd ever I'd write scripts, but I think I'd be big on storyboards because like I picture I'm not good at like um, describing settings, so I think I'd be better at like just literally just drawing like a little fucking doodle of like each frame of like a camera, yeah. like storyboard it out. Yeah, I know what you mean. That'd probably be like what would work for me. In the it's like all part of it though. So you got to start with the storyboard, then you can do the script, then all that. I need to storyboard out like more of the stories that I try to write because I think a lot of times I just start writing and just like kind of goes, and then you're just like, okay, I didn't really turn the plot at all in these like five pages. You know what I mean? Wait, what do you mean? So like I'll like start going and just like add things and add things and add things and be like, oh, I didn't really turn the plot. I just like am like creating more like backstory. Oh, so you're kind of just going like, and then this happened. Or, like, I'm just, like, describing, like, something in the past that happened to this person or, like, doing... Like, I just, like, don't know where the plot's going. I just know the character I'm making more so than... So you're world building. More so, I'm just... Instead of, like, actually making stuff happen, I'm just, like, giving this person more and more, like, depth. But, like, you have to give people depth through plot in a lot of ways. And a lot of times, like, not as good at that. So that's why I wanted to do the short story. So I'm like, okay, I need to get it out and get it to the point and get all this done in 20 pages. Otherwise it's too long. So it kind of is like a training thing for me. Do you think there's any way to like make a profit in writing anymore? Yeah, I think so. I think I'd be good at it and like creative and do stuff that other people aren't doing. But 
Otherwise, you're gonna have to go like write for like you know like a shitty like TV like network and just sit there and hate everything you write. Yeah, I think that'd be fun, bro. Like to have your own like kind of like a podcast network, but then have like your own little fucking like production thing too. Mm-hmm. Or you just like write a book and make an audio version, so it's like an audio podcast in a way. Yeah. I don't know, man. We definitely got to expand upon that, though. Expand the brand. Let's do it. Fuck yeah. But, guys, so, Nick, thank you for being here with me today, man. No problem. So, check out the episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, all listening platforms. Uh, This has been the Death Taco Podcast.